Thanks, Marjorie. Um, yes, uh, just a word about the background to this session. You may, some of you have may missed it. There was a, um, uh, there is an, a new award. It's called the Financial Times Oppenheimer Fund Emerging Voices Award. Uh, it was given quite a bit of a publicity. And then it acquired more publicity when one of the people who had actually been uh, uh, nominated for the award, um, Ishtivak Shukri, wrote an article um, entitled, um, quite a long title, Why I Asked for My Work to be Withdrawn from the Inaugural Financial Time Oppenheimer Fund's Emerging Voices Award. Uh, and he then, well, goes on to explain why he asked for his work to be withdrawn. And I'm going to give you a very short summary of the points he makes, and I'm going to ask the panelists to respond to that. Uh, what um, Ishtibak really objected to mainly was that phrase, emerging voices. Because what we had here uh, was in fact a group of South Africa's most established writers um, being hailed as emerging voices. Uh, so, and what he also objected to was the criterion, how, how uh, what must one be to be an emerging voice? One has to be a member of a poor country. Um, as he says, there is a new award just for people from poor countries. Fiction prizes are only for Africa and the Middle East, film for Asia and the Pacific, and art for Latin America and the Caribbean. These exclusivist groupings do not reflect and cannot contain the breadth of creative productions in these regions. So in the first place, he's objecting to that kind of rather arbitrary allocation of fiction awards for Africa, film awards for South America, etc. Then he says, to contrive special categories for artists in poorer countries and to use their gross national income to justify such tokenism is not praise, but diminishment. The criterion that the Financial Times used was, in fact, the gross national income per capita of a particular country. And if the gross national income was less than $12,000 per year, then you were an emerging voice. So Istivak uh, says this diminishes the award rather than promotes um, excellence. Is the implication that northerners are established simply because their countries are rich, while we are eternally doomed to an emergent status simply because our countries are less wealthy? Right, so um, that's the background. I, uh, I think there's plenty there to, to take up, but I would like the discussion also to be wider ranging, to take in the matter of prizes in general, of particular criteria used for prizes, of having particular prizes for particular groups. Um, it's a, a prickly subject. I mean, every time a prize is announced, you have hundreds of people objecting to it, especially the people who don't get the prize. But, uh, you know, if we do get the prize, we somehow make our peace with the criteria that were used. Um, so, so uh, Shukri says, consider the meaning of emergent fledgling, embryonic, infant, in the early stages of development. Is the implication that, in creative terms, we are children? 
Is that what the broken eggshell on the website is meant to signify? There you are, this little chicken emerging from a broken eggshell. Now, um, Amanda, Ingrid, what was your gut reaction <laughs> to being listed for this prize? Uh, did you feel any kind of resentment at being regarded as emergent? No, I was delighted. Mm. Um, I, I wonder if anybody except uh, Ishtiak Shukri checked the conditions for the prize. Yeah. I mean, I certainly didn't. Yeah. I certainly didn't. Okay. And um, I was very happy to jump out of any egg. Okay. <laughs> and we'll, we all go home and have coffee now. <laughs> okay. um, Manda, how did you, how do you feel about it? <laughs> I think literary prize is uh, one thing that usually happens is that you get a notification from your publisher who tells you that uh, expect um, communication from um, the sponsors of the literary award and I think by that very nature um, you are already in some track you know in terms of what the publisher expects and what you as a, as a writer should be expected to do and uh, I also didn't read the fine print uh, I saw the 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 um, what Ishtiak uh, wrote, and uh, but by then for me it really didn't matter that I was uh, regarded as an emerging voice uh, because I think labels are labels. It depends on how you take them yourself whether you think that this thing attaches to you or doesn't attach to me. And uh, we made a big joke of it. In fact, on, on Facebook, uh, Zeik Simda uh, was bantering with uh, Petina Kappa, saying that, uh, how come Mandla is called an imagining voice? I knew Mandla in, in, in Lesotho more than 20 years ago and he was already he had already emerged at that time so they they dealt with the question of uh, the GDP and and the rest of it so I suppose that uh, the bigger question that should be perhaps at work is what is the value of a literary award to the writer what is the value of, of a literary award to the writer's work and so on and so forth do you want to say something? Uh, yes, I just want to say that, um, ironically enough, the person that actually won the award mm. was also the youngest on the sh on the long and sh uh, on the shortlist. Okay. Yeah. He was um, more or less thirty years younger than the. There was a there was a thirty year age gap okay. between the winner and the others. Okay. So that's interesting that. He is indeed an emerging voice. Okay. Do you think, I mean, one can only speculate, but do you think that perhaps the judges were influenced by that, thinking, since uh, we're looking for an emerging voice, let's not have someone who's been around for 50 years. Let us give it to the... <laughs> uh, 
you know, one could imagine that that might be a criterion. I don't know if you've been... Well, in, well it's possible because we had, to, we had to give proof of nationality. Yeah. And maybe... Did we have to submit our passport or yes, something? Yes, yes. Identity yeah. card? Yes. So maybe they gave a brief glance to the mm. birth dates. Mm. Looked at the photographs? <laughs> Looked at the photographs. <laughs> <laughs> no, in fact, Ashtivak uh, objects to that too. He says, you know, in any other country, you don't actually have to prove that you're a citizen yeah. of the country. Do you not trust us? You know, they, yeah. you, as he says, um, you may think I'm sensitive. Yes, I am. Uh, and, uh, okay, I mean, to play devil's advocate, I, you know, I, I take your point and I think I would have responded exactly the same way as you do. But once one starts looking at it, there is something a bit condescending about emerging voices and about, yeah, your country, you know, you're a poor country, so we'll give you a prize. And as he points out, the only um, country in Africa that's not included because it has a very high gross national income, is in fact hugely uh, unequal. All the money goes to a very uh, rich elite, so it's not as if the people in that country are any better off. Um, he just mentions that as an example of how imprecise a kind of criterion this is. But, but um, uh, well, perhaps uh, we could talk, Mandela suggests that really the, the bigger question here is the whole question of literary prizes, of the, what kind of criteria are valid? Do we have you know, special uh, prizes for special people, as it were? Um, do you think then Okay, he objects to this criterion that only writers, etc., from emergent market countries are eligible. Um, and according to the organizers, this list of emerging market countries was defined by the World Bank Atlas method. Now, um, Itivak says, what kind of criterion is this? I mean, the World Bank decides whether you are in, um, eligible for a prize. What do you think of that? Do you think, bearing in mind that the prize, prize was initiated by the Financial Times and the Oppenheimer Funds, would you say it's fair enough that there should be this kind of market-determined uh, criteria? In, um, in the early 90s, I was working in the ANC office in London as a cultural director and our work took me to being involved with um, Africa 95 this uh, where artists from all sorts of countries uh, met at the Royal Academy to look at the work and to try and see the extent to which they could uh, help in making sure that the work of African artists gets to be pervaded and exhibited all over the United Kingdom and, and elsewhere. It was at that time then that uh, the person I was working with was Sir Michael Caine. And uh, sadly, he passed on. And uh, his wife then said that Michael has always been wanting to do something to originate, to sponsor a literary award prize that would be looking straight at 
uh, empowering, uh, sponsoring African writers, hence the Kane uh, Prize. Why I'm, why I'm pointing this out is, um, I think there's always a, a motive behind any literary award or any award. This, the sponsor has got a certain standpoint, a philosophical point, a point of view, and um, whether that point of view is destructive or uh, helpful or, or beneficial to the craft, I, I, that's not for me to say. I can only say that uh, given the financial times and uh, the Oppenheimer, uh, this Imaging Voices Award, I think people sit down and say, perhaps we want to attract this type of uh, constituency. We want to bring focus to this type of co constituency. Whether in doing that there is something condescending, I'm not sure, but in truth, uh, you will never find, there are very few literary awards that do not have certain riders, certain caveats attaching to them. And, uh, yeah, that's what I think. Ingrid, did you want to respond to that? Um, yes, um, it struck me that it's possible that in this instance, because we, um, as it were, people who are not involved in the corporate world, tend to be rather suspicious of the corporate world. We, uh, we do rather welcome their bounty when it comes our way, but at the same time we think these are ill-gotten gains. Now, I was wondering if Ishtivak was not perhaps responding in a way that he might not have responded if it hadn't been the Financial Times and the Oppenheimer Fund, that um, perhaps we're a bit oversensitive to being bought by um, the demon money. And I, I don't know. Although in the end, all prizes are money, after all. So, um, yeah, so I was just wondering if, if that might, if one might be a bit more sensitive to that particular criterion than to, for instance, the criterion of the Kane Prize that, that you mentioned. Uh, um, one feels, as you say, Sir Michael Kane uh, really felt he wanted to, well, uh, promote uh, African writing. So presumably does the Financial Times, but it is possible, I suppose, to read something different into the Financial Times' motivation. I don't know, I'm just sort of uh, flirting that as a possibility of why one would be uh, a bit touchy on that subject. <laughs> yeah, of course, I think you would be, I mean, a person should, 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 uh, be touchy to something that's branded um, like the Financial Times and uh, um, Oppenheimer funds. That's what it was called. Mm. But I believe that uh, in truth uh, all money, it doesn't matter whether it's in China or in Russia or in South Africa or in the United States, all money has got its root in something that's terribly unwholesome. 
And uh, I believe that uh, perhaps if it's branded Financial Times, they just feel brazen about it. They, they don't want you to play any guessing games. Mm. Uh, that's why we say, you know, I suppose there's this phrase, dirty money. Mm. I don't think there's any clean money anyway. So are we all selling out if we make ourselves eligible to prizes? Because prizes, by their very nature, tend to be money. We're not that interested in them if they don't have money. Um, so is that, is that a form of, of, of selling out to a world that ultimately uh, we believe we are slightly superior to, <laughs> I'm just really floating these phrases, the non-materialistic world? Uh, I think I agree with, with, um, with what Damon Gaugut said, that um, prizes are good, but that's not what writing is about. Mm. And most writers can actually do with, with the money. Um, I don't think one should be too principled. <laughs> Yes. Well, you know, writers have been known to turn down prizes, but that, that's very high-minded of them. And sometimes, in fact, I've, I've been reading that it's become a new and slightly disturbing fashion for people who win to say, well, I'm going to divide the prize up between all the, um, the shortlisted people. That's very, very noble. Um, I'm not quite sure that I would rise to that if I were to be given a prize. But, but right, I, I think that is a, a development and a, and a very generous one that tries to counter um, that other aspect of prizes, which is that it's a very competitive thing. You there, you are, you are shortlisted, and the five of you stay in the same hotel and you smile at each other over breakfast, and uh, you basically hope the other four are going to drop dead. Um, where, I mean, this then is, I think, a very healthy sort of countering of that. And there's a recognition that, yes, the money is very welcome, but it comes with a kind of baggage that we try and disperse as much as possible. I don't know. Michael, I don't know. Mm, no, I think we, none of us know, but... Yeah. <laughs> if there's money and a little bit of recognition. With the, the, uh, money? <laughs> yeah. I think that perhaps the, the way the literary awards are run is possibly the sniffy thing that gives it uh, that possibility of not being wholesome. What I mean by that is that uh, there are different literary awards. For instance, I think where, for instance, people get nominated in secret. Uh, the Campbell Wyndham Prize, for instance, is one of those. So you do not have the whole hoopla that attaches to, or that brings you into that um, uh, uncomfortable circumstance where you are then with the people who are competing for the, for the prize. Every, everyone who's already there is already there because they are getting the prize. Uh, 
that's one way of looking at it. That's one, one construct I can recommend. Um, plus, you also need to get a sense of people being very, being people of integrity when it comes to the judging panels, because in most cases, or in some cases, I've been on, on about three judging panels uh, for the Sunday Times, etc., etc. And uh, but I've also been on the other side. I've been a, a shortlisted writer, uh, and there's a story, a very small short story, where I saw that there is pretty much. Uh, a possibility of integrity not being there in some of the judging panels. Someone was on the panel uh, where my book had been entered and been shortlisted was uh, in another um, event where my book was being discussed. Mm -hmm. And uh, the ex-judge, ex-panelist said, oh, I didn't know this book was so interesting. Or there were elements about it that she didn't know. So which told me then and then that she hadn't read the book, mm -hmm. but she was on the panel. So you find that uh, the, the judging itself has got to have integrity. Hence, the, 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 the memorings and the simmering resentment that takes place afterwards. Mm. Um, and so the point I'm trying to make is let there be a different way in which people are nominated and uh, let there be integrity in the judging process and let the money be a lot more than what it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, I was I was actually surprised it was only forty thousand dollars if it was the Financial Times and um, the Oppenheimer Fund. Oh, is it forty thousand dollars? Forty thousand rand, I think. Uh, forty thousand dollars. Oh, okay. Well, that's substantial. Huh? No, I, wouldn't I suppose mind for it. an emerging yeah. country with a plenty. Yeah, but there are so many elements to a prize. As you say, there is the encouragement. Just winning a prize is already, it, it's a commendation of your book, and of course it, it's wonderful, and even if it is just a, a medal, I mean, although we prefer it not to be just a medal, but if it is, then it still is a recognition, and, for, and from that point of view, it, it serves that purpose. It also serves to help to market the book, of course. This is very useful from a publicity point of view. But um, it's also true that prizes, obviously the larger prizes tend to have more prestige than the smaller ones. You know, The largest uh, literary prize used to be Sunday Times here, now it's the Rapport Prize. The largest one in the world used to be Impact. I think now the one you mentioned is, is larger. Um, anyway, sorry. The, um, right. Um, so... Is the Nobel Prize the most inclusive yeah, well, that's another point we can take up the inclusiveness or otherwise. I think it is. I mean, that. Uh, Although it still means only work available in English. Does it? I was wondering well, about the Nobel Prize because. Or the do they actually consider. Do they consider Chinese. Mm, yeah. 
Hungarian, and it doesn't have to be in English. It doesn't have to be translated. You see, is that... Do you want to say something? Okay. No, because that's a quick point I wanted to get to because, again, our friend Shukri says that I oppose such ghettoized categories. In other words, having special prizes for special categories. So, um, yeah, well, how do you feel about that? When we were saying that perhaps it's okay, perhaps we do need to draw the line somewhere, all prizes can't be open to everyone. And yet, isn't there something a bit uncomfortable? Uh, okay, it's the difference between the Australian Open and the Australian National, that somehow the Open uh, just is more prestigious because it's open and you are competing against the whole world. Now, if you say this is a prize just for, for instance, writers for a, in a particular publishing house, you are limiting the scope and, and the prestige of the prize. If you are saying like what used to be the Orange Prize, now the Bailey Prize, um, women only. I've heard it referred to as the girly booker. Now, is this, uh, it, does it diminish the prize, the fact that it's um, limited? Well, there's only one prize that I would really object to. Mm, which one? Only one, and that would be the men's prize for fiction. <laughs> well, you might, you know, someone might just, uh, it's, it's interesting that, that, that this is just by the way, that mm. I don't Why find would you object to a men's prize but not to a women's prize? That's, that's interesting. Okay. Well, yeah, it's interesting. You very, know, it's yeah. interesting that I don't object to the, to the mm. women's prize, mm. but to the men's prize. Because for the men's prize, I would think it's not fair. But is it fair that this is they, the women's They prize? have it already. No, but they don't. Why give them a prize as well? What do they have uh, other than, you know, the obvious? Um, <laughs> Well, the only <laughs> I mean, especially in the field of writing. I mean, women do just fine, you know, and they, they have for a long time. I don't think they're at a disadvantage there. Yeah. Or are there market forces at work that we're unaware of? I mean, I, I don't know. I think, yeah, no, women are, are not doing too badly, but it's, yeah. Okay. But you're still not going to go for a men's prize. Perhaps we should, we should start. But why, why is it somewhat... It's, it's a little bit absurd, mm. a men's prize for fiction. I Whereas agree. it's not absurd, a women's prize for fiction. Uh, well, I agree with your first statement, not your second one. Okay. But, okay. No, I, I don't feel strongly about it. But, the, I mean, it, it, it's just one of those criteria. You know, um, women or people from particular countries. Uh, it's very difficult. I have thought, for instance, the Sunday Times Prize, which you mentioned, the criteria are actually rather vague. You have to have lived in South Africa for two years. Now, what on earth does that mean? Uh, when did you have to have lived there? Do you have to live there now? It's not actually spelled out. So one year, um, Justin Cartwright, who hasn't lived in South Africa for decades, but did was born here, was given the prize for a novel set in England that featured only English people, had absolutely no um, connection with South Africa, and there were mutterings. Now, I'm not sure whether these mutterings were justified or not. He qualified, I mean, Justin himself said to me, you know, I was actually rather surprised at being given this prize. But um, why do we want to, well, why do we as South Africans feel, oh, this is a bit unfair that these people should now uh, also compete. 
Do we not want to test ourselves against the larger world? Do we want to limit the field so that we have a better chance of winning? I mean, there are many people who feel J.M. Kutsia shouldn't be in the running for prizes in South Africa. Uh, I don't know. Um, is that justified or not? I don't know whether I'll be answering your question, but... Uh, I don't know what my question was, but still, yeah, yeah, yeah. carry on. I, I think the issue of justifying, it's a little bit like in a game of tennis, um, the net has got to be lower for certain people and be higher for certain people for it to be a fair game. Yes. Uh, and I'm not, mm. I'm not sure whether that would work. I think that, um, as I was saying earlier, I've also been involved in, in the MNET Literary Awards when they still existed. Uh, and all awards, all literary awards, have got to have some kind of criteria. Mm. And uh, the criteria are, of course, what gets to be determined by the sponsors of the award. Mm. At the end of the day, the sponsor wants out of the award a certain element to be successful. The Sunday Times, uh, the Sunday Times, the paper, the report, yeah, it's all um, part of um, selling. There's a product that is being sold on the back of, of the liter literary awards. But I think we can know, we can nibble this little thing, this cheese for until kingdom come. I think what's most important is to look at what the prizes have themselves achieved for writing. If you look, for instance, at uh, on the African landscape, the Kane Prize and the, uh, the new one, the Etisalat Prize, and so on and so forth, they have done wonders in promoting new voices, in bringing about a certain uh, confidence among the, the, the people that, are, that enter. In Nigeria right now, I know for a fact that there are so many initiatives by young women to introduce subjects that possibly in the past were not even being written about, you know, including erotica. And I think this is all comes from a certain confidence that has been built, and I would be uh, brave enough to say that that confidence has got some direct line to the creation of literary awards that specifically target certain constituencies. That's what, that's what I well, I'd, I'd look back to a point you made about the hoopla, and you said, and um, you know, very rightly, that a prize uh, that doesn't go in for that seems in some ways to be 
have a sort of integrity, as it were, that um, you don't have the circus of everyone sitting there and waiting, and the moment the prize is announced, then the cameras all focus on the people who lost, as with um, the Oscars. Um, but that hoopla, is that not an unfortunate but necessary part of what prizes do, which is to promote awareness? And what the organizers of these prizes do is to create as much hoopla as they can in order to attract as much attention, perhaps to the Sunday Times, perhaps to the report, but also to the book. It becomes a public event in a way that a prize that is simply awarded without its, uh, the shortlist having been announced would do. Perhaps I can flip that and, and also state that uh, literary awards, good as they might be, they also, in a sense, act as some kind of filter through which society can look at literature. And I'm not so sure whether that's a very, very um, beneficial thing in the sense that you get these five judges uh, opining on the best book, and so on and so forth. And so you create a readership for that book, which means, which might mean that uh, the readers are no longer going blindly and making discoveries and finding books for themselves. Uh, they, they have got to have scouts or guides or I'll call them uh, literary consultants who say this book is the book that you must read and uh, that book that is not part of this uh, royal fellowship is not is the book that you mustn't read and i think that there's some kind of of restraining or restraint that gets to be introduced in society in so far the the literary award becomes an arbiter of taste and I, I'm not so sure whether that's a very good thing. I'll give you an example. In the past, because of how we grew up in this country, and because we knew that um, the system of education that was being inculcated was very, very harmful for us, we went into bookstores in Devon. I come from, that's where I come from. We went into bookstores and tried to look for any kind of literature that was not South African to try and get material that would help us to counter the poison that we were being fed on an everyday basis. That's how we came across books by, um, you know, the African Writers series the books by people like James Baldwin, even Herbert Marcuse, we just were incredibly eclectic, just picked everything that we could lay our hands on. In that way, we discovered, uh, I discovered uh, Gabriel Garcia Marquez without having to go into a university to be told that this is a, a magical realism through that um, blind process of discovering books. Now, if I'd been uh, someone that had been 
reading uh, the results of literary awards, I don't think I would have done that. I think I would have just depended on what had then, because it's almost like we give people a syllabus, a curriculum, and uh, I, I don't know whether that's correct. But I, I think, Mandla, um, let, let, me, let me just go back to uh, a little bit further back. Um, have, have functions, by all means, for literary prizes, but don't have circuses. But I've heard that, for instance, the, the, the uh, International Man Booker was a circus like that, that actually drew more attention to, to, the, to, the, to the prize itself, to the Man Booker itself, than to the writers. Rather have smaller functions and bigger prizes. And I always think that there should be not only winner takes all, I mean, it's nice when you are the winner, but I think it's better if there are, you know, if, if smaller functions, more prizes maybe. Um, and these days, when I grew up, there was only the Nobel Prize. I mean, these days there's, there's a proliferation of prizes and every second person seems, to, every second writer seems to be either on the long list for the booker or the shortlist. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it doesn't mean anything anymore. And um, yes, make, does, a book, does a book that wins an award, does it actually highlight a book? Well, it certainly well, does. As, as yeah, you yeah. said, that mm. you read actually whatever interested you. Well, of course, there are centuries of classics that don't get highlighted, highlighted by, uh, by awards, and uh, this is obviously just contemporary. Yes, I think Mandela's um, right that I, I, I think I myself am prone to this, but I think many people uh, look at what is being shortlisted for, for the booker, and they are more inclined to pick that up off the shelf than another one that hasn't been. I mean, I, we are just influenced by that. And I think you're right, this may not be the most... Um, reliable of criteria. It's, in fact, it's rather arbitrary, as prizes are. I mean, these are five people. Um, and for better or for worse, we have to accept that, that uh, their judgment uh, determines uh, who's going to be the prize winner. And as you say, sometimes one of the five people, at least one of the five people, hasn't read the book. You know, so. But, um, sorry, did you want to? Now, what you're saying about the circus, I think it reminds me of what Graham Swift, who was a finalist for, for the Booker, he wrote a wonderful article about the, the actual event. Um, this was the time when Graham could see, in fact, one for Michael Kay. And um, Graham Swift was pretty philosophical about not having won the prize, but what he said was, um, you cannot give something more prestige by turning it into more and more of a circus or give credit to writers by making public fools of them. Um, now, I think that can happen. Uh, you know, and I, I believe it happens with the Booker. It's a, it's a huge media event. And of course, then we get to the point of the question of the media. Are they our friends or our enemies? We need them. Heaven, do we need them? And yet they have their own criteria. Some people are more newsworthy than others. And um, 
in the end, um, yes, some well, some authors are more photogenic than others, and you know, that also is not quite fair for those of us who are not photogenic. So, anyway, I'm, I'm rambling. Can we have? A, I think there are many, many people in the audience who might want to contribute on this. We have writers, we have um, publishers, we have readers. You know, so. Okay. Michael, can I just of quickly, can I just quickly yeah, add no, something? And that's about the you, you mentioned something about the, the criteria. Yeah. Um, that the prizes sort of um, have criteria. Yeah. I, I sometimes wonder if that's not applied very loosely. Mm. I'm thinking, for instance, um, James Wiley for the Book of War won uh, the debut the the debut the debut debut, debut whatever <laughs> uh, Mnet Prize. Yeah. And Mnet is supposed to be accessible, and accessible, and you know, yeah. like Mnet is mm, yeah. what Mnet stands for. And if ever there was a book that was not reader-friendly, it's that <laughs> book. Okay. And for instance, um, um, you said you 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 wondered if um, um, Virginia Woolf would ever have mm. won a prize. Yes, I was responding you know, to just that criterion of accessibility. Uh, exec which, yes, uh, yeah, accessibility. So. The, the Orange Prize, the Bailey Prize, mm. was won by in, 1940, in, in, in 2014 by uh, a woman called Emir McBride with A Girl is a Half-Formed Thing. A wonderful, wonderful book, but incredibly inaccessible. Mm. So there, it sort of also indicated that, that maybe these criteria are, are applied very loosely. You know. Yes, in fact, I remember when the Mnet Prize was first announced years and years and years and years ago, and they, they rather stressed this, that it had to be, I don't think they said popular, but it almost came across. Popular. Yeah, yeah. It said popular. Yeah, they actually. said popular, yes. yeah. And I thought, yeah. well, does Wilbur Smith need another prize? You know, but in yeah. fact, it's not been applied like that. I think the Mnet Prize has also gone to works that are not popular yes. in that sense. Yeah. Yes, I think you're right that uh, I've also been on panels and I don't think people look at those criteria all the time and say, now let's you know, check this. Because the criteria, apart from anything else, are often very vague. But, um, and perhaps it's just as well, I don't know. Um, anyway, I think we've asked to um, clear the, uh, the hall. This is another session coming in. Thanks very much for attending and thank you very much to the panelists. Thank you. Thanks, Michael.